Welcome to season two of Consciously Uncurated. I'm Leslie. And I'm Michelle. And we are so excited to invite you into our beautiful, messy lives. This will be a space to talk about the real stuff and hopefully leave you with some practical takeaways. Think of it as rent a best friend for when you need us. We hope this podcast allows us all to be human, to feel, and to lean in. To catch our latest episodes, follow and subscribe. We're glad you're here. Hi, honey. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Again, we've got some, what we hope is interesting conversation for you guys. Well, I definitely find it interesting. Well, we're finding it interesting. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully all you do too. But yes. hope. Uh, we're fully into January, coming to the end. How have things been? I know we talked about previously the dredge of January and the slow moving motion. January is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think lots of people are feeling that. I think there's like an expectation that, oh, it's a new year. New things are going to happen. And then for the other half, it's like, oh my gosh, new things are supposed to happen. I don't like new. I don't want change. Exactly. So it's either you're... You're full all in or like, wait, give me a second to catch up here. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. we are slowly moving into our next next month and into full swing of season two. And mm-hmm. yeah. and so I was editing our episodes yeah. over the last little bit. And you know, something I think I'd love to talk about is how we perceive ourselves. And you've talked about this. You're like, I would love to know what my girlfriends think of me. I'm like, do you? Now I know why I thought that sounded awful. Because I was listening to myself as I was editing and one of our episodes, I was like, oh my gosh, do I sound like that? Okay. What does that mean though? Sound in terms of voice or sound in what you're delivering? Like, I don't, I'm not sure I get it, what you're meaning here. I didn't like the tone that I was emitting. When I get super passionate about something, I get super intense. And I knew that about myself, but it's even harder when you're actually listening to it. I think when you're in the moment and you're just doing it. And at this point in my life, I've got really good friends. They know me, they love me, they understand my intentions. So they A, tolerate me. And be just roll with it. Okay. And that's okay. But what about all the people from an audience perspective, the people that are listening to me that maybe don't know me and don't know my intentions? Right. And I think navigating this in the first place is interesting concept, right? That we're putting our, or trying to be as vulnerable as we possibly can be. Right. Which is already difficult. That's the whole intention. That was the whole thing is as I was editing, I'm thinking, our goal here is to be consciously uncurated. Mm -hmm. So what I needed to do is very consciously not go back in and edit. I wanted to cut stuff out and go, oh, that sounds horrible. Or, oh, I sound horrible there. I want to pull that out. And this is what makes this cool is that we, and I think in life, get the choice to decide to cut it or not. Well, you hope that you do, but lots of times in life, the words come out and you can't take them back. Right. That's true. And that's the thing is, with this, we could curate this. I could cut out all that stuff that I didn't and like. And make you sound like you're the most perfect of perfect. And totally. Just like, yeah. Just, I have the option to do that. Right. And it is intentional every time I go into edit to just simply cut out the dog barking <laughs> yeah, or the yeah. lawnmower and those kinds of things, but not the actual content. Or yeah, even when you and I are sparring, I'm like, oh, that got heated. We should cut that out. Right. But then when you actually think about when you're with your girlfriends, you would hope that you're in that you're feeling in a safe space that you can be as truthful and as authentic as you possibly can be with your peeps. You are. 
but that doesn't change the fact that I still need to temper how I see things. Okay. So there here, there's, this is the thing again, you could just cut it all out or learn from it, which is, I think what we wanted to kind of talk about. This is what sparked this conversation today Mm -hmm. is the fact that yes, it would be way easier to have the perfect perception for people to see us as We've got it all together. We're perfect. We know what we're talking about. Yeah. But we're not actually, at the end of the day, we're not trying to teach. I think this is the hard part of having this podcast. We don't actually need to teach anybody anything. That's not the goal. Right. But because you have such an intense personality and passionate about something, the way it comes out, you're feeling like it's like intense. in your face, preachy. What? Give me the words. Yes. Preachy, intense, all of those negative things. And I know you and that's not actually what's what I'm receiving, but... That's I not what you. you're receiving, but I don't know that it's not what anybody out there, the last thing I would want to do is appear like I'm trying to be a know-it-all. Right. Because I do not. And so in breaking this down, though, I'm listening to this episode or all these episodes and I'm editing and I'm hearing this intensity in my voice and I was talking with you about it and you were just like, well, just storytell, just tell your story. What I wonder is if that intensity is coming from this desire to need to teach that teacher Mm -hmm. in me is, Oh, I just, I want to sound like I know what I'm talking about. I want to help the global listener and I want to make an impact. You're in teacher mode, teacher mode mentality, which I've been in teacher mode mentality (laughs) rather than storyteller mentality. Yeah. And I want this to be about story and that not wanting to be vulnerable, not wanting to share my story. That's scary. It is scary. And if we go there, if we want to go there, talking about that vulnerability and this specific topic, that feeling of how we perceive and how we are perceived, it comes from somewhere. I think it would be naive for me to think that all of who I am in my 50s does not come from the nature nurture aspect of I had a whole history and environment that sculpted me to be who I am, as well as a nature and a character that has been instilled in me. Do you want to talk about that? Well, want to talk about it or should? Here we go. Here we go. You have a history and we all have a history where a lot of our, how we become as a person comes from our childhood, childhood trauma, right? If you're willing to go there with me today and with everybody, hello everyone. Uh, (laughs) As a storyteller, I would love for you to share that. And the reason why I would want to share it is because I think that it's fascinating to me to finally look back at my life and go, yeah, all of those things have made me who I am. How do I take the best of those things and mold them into even better things? Right. And stop the negative self-talk that has impacted the way I believe about myself because of the lies that were either told to me when I was a child or things that I just inferred right. were being told to me. Okay. And I think, first of all, the just coming from a broken home, mm-hmm. there was some dysfunction in my home. My parents did the best they could, as all parents do. I do not blame my parents for the decisions that they made. There was some times where I, in order to be heard, I needed to be loud. Yeah. So big part of why I'm feisty and fiery is because I had to be loud. You didn't have a choice if that was the only way you were going to be seen. Seen or heard. Yeah. Okay. And so the learned behavior. Yeah. It was a learned behavior. 
And I still see this in my workplaces. I see this in my marriage. And I am sure that there are wives out there that are listening to this. You think that your husband is not, until you go to red or your children for that matter. Yeah. You think that they are not going to hear you or get off off their butts until you go to red. Yeah. And just charge. Why do I got to yell for anybody to do something here? Yeah. Or not even yell. It's just the authoritative fist down type of tone that you're giving out. Yeah. And so I feel like that was a big part of my growing up. I was sort of on my own for a really long time. I Mm -hmm. felt like I was doing a lot, just me, just a whole lot of little Leslie trying to make her way in the world without a whole lot of support or mentorship. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to get fiery. And I needed to like dig my heels in to forge my way. That was. And so then now being an adult and being also that you were in a leadership role or you were a te- you were also in a teaching role and the authority of that, of having to be in control. Well, we've talked about control before and I don't think it's a control okay. thing. I think I do have a genuine passion to lead people. I've always had that. With high expectations. And I, okay, so this is the thing. <laughs> I have had to learn to temper my expectations. Because your high expectations, that's great, you have those, but do you put those expectations on others? So I'm going to just throw this out there. And I don't know if this is truth or not. Okay. And so this is part of my working through my reality or my perception of me totally. is I have had a very difficult time in my life finding mentors. I feel like, again, this is just my perception, like I have never really had any one person in my life go, oh, girl, there is something in you. you. We're going to harness that. Oprah Winfrey moment. Is that what that is? Yeah, they just picked her up and she was on flying. She worked, but let me say. Yeah, you. there's a drama that comes. I get that. But but I just feel like I have run into more conflict Mm -hmm. in those situations where I could have had a leader take me and harness me and mold me. I just know that it felt a lot in my life. Like I just didn't have somebody to go, she's got something. What can we do with that? Yeah. It always ended in conflict. And I know that I do challenge authority. I do not have oppositional (laughs) defiance disorder. I know that. I'm just feisty. I don't settle for status quo. Going back to the expectations. I've always had high expectations for myself because from the time that I was 12, living in poverty, Mm -hmm. I was like, no, this is not going to be my life. I am not going to live in the hood my whole life, I'm not going to raise a family in this kind yeah. of environment. There is more for me. So with expectations, I had these exceptional expectations for myself, but I just feel like everyone who... So if you're not on board with you, what happens? Well, if, I keep if, going. Right. And what happens nobody to- has, it's okay. never felt like anybody's ever been on board. Okay. I had a very, again, I'm not blaming anybody, but there were just some family members in my life yeah. that were like completely shame-based. You again, were scolded as a child. You were told to shut up. You were told to be quiet. You were told to get out of the room. You were told you're going to be nothing. Right. Right. From guidance counselors. You've had this with a professor oh, of yours. When I was in university, I was 18, 19. Yeah. Anyway, I went back to finish my degree when I was, I must have been like 28. I was pregnant with my son. I was finishing and uh, the dean, the dean of the department. And he, he said, yeah, I remember you. You were really flighty. I was like, what? Flighty? I've never, ever, even that has never even been a concept in my mind. Flighty? What does flighty mean? Like, well, you know what it means. Do, and do, you are do, not do, that. Do, 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 like out of control, like, like fl- bimbo. Yeah. 
we can throw all kinds all the, of yeah, which is like right and I was like what are you talking about so I asked I'm like what do you mean flighty I mean I was 18 I was loving university I was in a theater department so it was fun and I felt truly myself I felt like I belonged somewhere really yeah. belonged and was just laughing and but I was also a very very top student as well what do you mean flighty? And he said, well, you were just, you just kind of flailed along. And I was like shocked by his perception of an 18 year old kid. And to actually say that out loud. Just goes to show this is one person who you didn't know, who didn't know you that okay. said one thing, one time to you. And has and stuck with me for years and years decades and years. Yeah. Later, you still remember this. Yeah. And you still weigh your self-perception to this one voice. Right. Which is ooh, words matter, words matter. So think of all of these other people who have heard these things set over them for years. That as a child, hearing from this one family member that I was a brat, that I was, I was a busy, busy little tomboy. Yeah. I was not disrespectful. I was not rude. I was just a kid, a kid, a very, very active young kid. Right. And that how is it that I wouldn't have just had that person, mm. that one family member, you know, just be like, you know what? I can't be you. And, I, and my brother does this. My brother does this for my children. Mm. He loves them unconditionally. They can do no wrong. But it's not, it's his. not like out of control, Harry Carey, like everybody's out of control. There's still respect. Yeah. This is not poorly behaved. Okay. Children. Let's be clear on that. Cause there is a difference there too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Is, so now your brother, he's, he, when loving your kids unconditionally, they believe in themselves because somebody believes in right, them. Right, exactly. The importance of having somebody in your life that unconditionally believes mm-hmm. in you, yeah. that sees potential in you, mm-hmm. and can snatch that up and just... And so when you don't have that, that was your fighting mode. That was your survival mode. That's what got you to be an adult. I wonder... A successful adult. Just trying to be fight, fight, fight for every... It was a constant hustle to get where I needed to go. Right. How you think people perceive you... Or not even that, how you are perceiving yourself, listening to yourself. This is what has brought this about. I think you are facing childhood trauma, learned behavior. I think you're also wanting to be the best person you possibly can be going forward in your life. So being able to look at how your life has been up until this point. But I do like that question. What do you think I'm doing right now? So in this desire to just forge forward, Mm -hmm. have these expectations for myself, especially in the workplace, expectations of other people, because I see a possibility and I want to get there. And I believe in the team that will also get us there. So let's just go forge, forge, forge Forge forward. Mm -hmm. And I believe this about everything I do that you, if you wait until you feel ready to do something, you will never do anything. Right. And I get so frustrated when people are just like, well, let's wait and feel it out and let's see if we're ready. Which then causes conflict, which then makes other people perceive you as what? I feel like people perceive me as pushy, authoritative. Right. Which can you see both sides? Unpalatable, can you unlikable. See can you yeah, see it? Yeah, of course it? I can see it. Right. It's just, I don't know how to change that about But me. I think number one, the fact that you are acknowledging it is the step to change things. For the better. Because you could be like, wah, 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 screw that. I around. You know, I know what I'm doing. I'm gonna, and just forget everybody else's opinion. Do you think I'm like that? No. 
Because I feel like people think of me right. That way. So clear, but I am your bestie. I'm your best friend. I love you no matter what. But you asked me, is it me? You've asked me throughout the years, is it me? Is there something I'm doing that's yeah, causing people to like, like butt heads with me? Yeah. Well, that's probably part of it. Because it has been constant conflict over the last But it's few not years. out of you being... Part of me, though, will always go, where is my place in this? Yes. I will always will be the first to come and apologize. Right. I will f- be the first to own my shit. I will take responsibility for Absolutely. my place in a conflict, a situation, a scenario, anything. I try to do my work. Okay, so then why, even if doing that, why is there still conflict? Well, I think there's always conflict. I'm not afraid of the conflict, but I don't think I, I think lots of people are. And so this is the thing that causes conflict. This is the resentment that we've been talking about forever is that in the desire to move forward and create resolution, I need to have tough conversations, but you get into a room with people who aren't prepared. Right. To have so tough then could that not just be that you're not in the right place? You're not in the right place, right? You're not around the right people. Maybe you're not around. Yeah. I know that's a hard thing because a job is a job is a job. You got to work with people that maybe aren't your cup of tea. Yeah. Or who I'm not. Or whatever. Both ways. More often than not, I am not everybody else's that's cup great. of tea. Right. Well, let me just say when you're in your fifties, that gets really old. Totally. At what point am I going to find a place where I'm somebody's cup of tea? Do you see how this is yeah. really hard then to sit in a place where you're not don't have negative self self talk. Totally. How can you not? How can I not? How did I end up here? Right. Where I just everywhere I seem to land, I'm not their cup of tea. Right. So then of course, doing the self analysis. And of course, the reality is that is my truth that I have felt Mm -hmm. like wherever I land, I'm not enough or I'm too much. Right. And I'm sure many, many of us feel that way. So then what do we do? For real, what do we do? Because I don't think the answer is just keep leaving. No, it, well, a, a lot of times just, you you can't. You can't, or you or can. Scary, or you can, and then you are flighty. Then you're just non-committal. You're just leaving. So then, I guess, how do we change it in our for ourselves inside? If we don't have a choice, I mean, we always have a choice. We, all, we always. But have a what choice. if then, when it's just not practical? Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's different. It's just a not a possibility yes. at the moment. You need a roof over your head, right? So then how do we grow from this though? All everyone out there who's maybe feeling in the same boat or they feel like they're too much for someone or too little for someone or all of that. How do we keep going moving forward? I think like how are you moving forward? What are you doing? Well, this is what I do know about myself. I do have a fairly healthy self-image. Mm-hmm. I still do negative self-talk. I still bring myself down. I still have to work myself through things. But overall, I think I'm a fairly competent person. Yeah. And so I think I'm confident. And so I just, I can rationalize in my head. Okay, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. You're strong. You're smart. You're brave. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I keep going mm-hmm. in those situations. Okay, for me. I don't think everybody has that. Exactly. I'm the opposite. So I shut down. There's a part of me that believes that I am not likable. And I also believe in our world that you can get really far by being likable. Yeah. And not even capable. Right. Okay. That I actually have to rationalize the point that sometimes the most successful people are not even necessarily the most capable. They're the most likable. Uh, I don't know. 
depends for me and my perception. Yeah, right. There you go. I'm like, well, I'm not going to get anywhere because if you're not likable, yeah, I can be capable. Okay, but let's not just say too. Let me just add a layer on? to that: being a woman yeah. and having that um, a level of leadership or power. Okay, so I did okay, my but, whole thesis on this. Okay, research based. Yeah, full on pages and pages okay. of my master's degree on okay. leadership based on gender, gender yeah. discrepancies as well as generational discrepancies. So mm-hmm. we look at our millennials, yeah. our baby boomers, and who's in leadership at what time and how those stereotypes are played out Yeah, is based on research that I can, as a female leader, say something to my team yeah, and it will be construed as authoritative, dictator, confrontational. Totally. A male will come in, say the exact same thing, right? but the perception is that He's supposed to be those things. And so it is received by him. Whereas the stereotype that is supposed to be received from me is that I'm supposed to be nurturing and kind and empathetic. Yeah. So that is part of you too. You are not the touchy feely as much as someone else. No, I'm not, but I am, I'm empathetic. I think I'm a good listener. I think I'm a good leader in that way. I think most people who have worked for me would say, no, I totally think that I can go into her office and. Right. So but going back to the, what you would do versus what I would do, shutting down, you don't shut down though. No, I fight. Okay. You've so seen it even in these podcasts. Totally. I shut down. And I mean, maybe you wouldn't know as much here, but well, maybe because I think at the beginnings, as we started this, I was definitely less vocal. I'm finding my voice here as well. I'm finding a place where I can fit what my opinion yeah. matters or, yeah. um, and, but that's me in my life. I'm this also is your childhood totally. beliefs yes. being ingrained, ingrained, ingrained. Absolutely. In terms of how they perceive me, even in a group of friends, if it's really negative, I'm out instead of me going in fists, but like having that, you know, I'm usually out. I'm usually, and I don't need this. It's too much for me. No drama for me. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay. But is that being negative or is that just natural, not seeing eye to eye with people? I don't know because I know if someone else is being not treated properly or mistreated, I will step in and I will go toe to toe. I'm not afraid of conflict for others. I am. I don't like conflict for when it becomes personal. Okay. I agree. I think that you will stand up for anybody. Anybody. And I will. And I have many times. I I just wonder though, Mm -hmm. if then that still skews your perception of somebody. Because once you've watched somebody treat somebody like that. Yes, exactly. So instead of going through it, I'm out. I'm like, you know what? I don't need this. It's easy. It's an easy way out for me. And it's just like, let the water off. I'm brushing it away. I'm just moving forward. Or I go into my little bubble. I know. And it's just me in the past. Right. I think lots of people do this. Right. However, we've had to, after coming away from group settings, talk through Through this. Yeah. We have to go... Michelle, what do you think the intentions of that person was? Right. Do what do you already know about this person? Right. Yes. And then we that was from being a kid, learning, right? That walk away, talk it through. And then try and not take that scenario personally. Think about what the mm-hmm. intent, but assume the best of that person. Yeah, and that's that yeah, that's a tricky one. That's so hard. But see, same with you and your people are perceiving you as something. The whole global thing is to don't judge. I know. So this goes into <laughs> so very, very hard is the four agreements. Oh my gosh. I love that book. 
Love it. Highly recommend, highly recommend. Don Miguel Rez. I have my faith-based perspective. 100%. Yeah, but I am open to everything. For me, it, it still has to line up with biblical truth. Right. And so I do feel like this is one of those things that, 100% 100% lines up with what I believe to be biblical truth. Okay. In that the four agreements, be impeccable with your words. Mm-hmm. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. Oh gosh. Yeah. So simple. Okay. So <laughs> how many times I've had to walk out of a meeting yeah. with my husband, my children, a parent, a staff member, yeah. a boss, a friend, and literally tell myself these things. Did you do your best? Yeah. Yes, I did. Were you authentic and true, truthful? Mm -hmm. Okay. I was those things. Then don't take it personally. Right. But is that going to get you through? It it does. Is this going to get you through what sparked this conversation today? Let's go now that I'm going back because I didn't plan on sharing these today. Okay. So this just popped up. So this just came to my head right now. I was like, oh yeah, you know what? Because we were talking about don't take it personally. Mm -hmm. Because you were saying that you had to be reminded coming out of those situations when we were with our friends or when we're in a group setting, maybe not even with people we are friends with. Mm -hmm. And you've seen somebody behave in a certain way, you'll shut down. You're like, no, I'm not. And it made me think of, don't make assumptions about that person. It's one time. It's one time that that person, maybe words will come out. You don't get to take them back. I think about some of the things that I might have said to students in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even to yeah. my own kids. Yeah. That I wish now I Same. could take back. Definitely. And you know what the even worse part about it is there are things that I have said to people that I don't even remember that is probably still impacting them to this day. And I don't even know it. Totally. Let me tell you when I get to the pearly gates. <laughs> oh boy. I am so sorry. Yeah. 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 Totally. I know I have hurt people not intentionally. Yeah. And not even knowing to this day, still probably don't know. Of course. One thing I may have said to a student or a child or something. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, we're human beings. That makes perfect sense. I know, but it's so awful. So that's why I weigh my perception of others with that knowledge. Yeah, I know. But I also have a history. So whatever history has made me question others. And I do feel, if I'm being honest... I do feel that I can read people very well. Mm, I agree. You're very good. And so when I get that zing red flag happening or whatever it is that I'm like, I don't trust this person. I have the right to choose who I want to open up to, who I want to allow into my life at 52 years old. True. But would you say that you are also willing to give somebody a second chance? Yes, I am for and sure. Has anybody ever I'm a good proved kind of you wrong? Um, yes, of course. It doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen often. No, probably. But again, and I'm not, and I am not a confrontational person. No, you're so not. I am not going to go toe to toe with that person. We have a disagreement. I will voice my opinion in the kindest way, yes. with an open heart, mm-hmm. and then I'll be done with it. If it happens more, you know, frequently, I'm for real. I'm like, I'm not wasting my time anymore. I know that sounds harsh. No, I don't think it is. I think it's okay to just if someone is repeatedly. This is my Angelo. When yeah. someone shows you who they yeah. are, believe them. Right. This is a big deal. Yeah. But the same so happens if someone for you. is continually showing you who they are, believe, you believe them. Yes. And I've learned that well. So after my I just, divorce. we want to say a reminder <laughs> to everybody, you guys, your intuition yes, is a big is deal. Legit. If you're in your body, someone is saying, your body is telling you, no, 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 no. It's okay We're to not, back away. It's okay to back away. 
And so I do that quicker than most. Try. Okay. I okay. do do that quicker than I most. I don't. Yeah, I you take, don't. You got to kick me yeah. while I'm down before I'm And so away. then does that also contribute to more of the headbutting for you? Oh my gosh. I never thought of it. Because you're still going. You're still I will punch, 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 loyal punch. to a fault. Right. To the point where you are literally beat up on the inside out. Yeah. Because I'm trying, trying, trying. And then it's like, okay, and then there's so much conflict or confrontation or whatever explosion that's happened that you can't blend it. I don't know where the happy balance is then. Because I will always walk away and assume the best of somebody. And it has gotten me in so much trouble. I want heartache. Heartache. Yes. So then that's where do we, how do we learn? When do we stop that? Or how do we? And I think the first step is to acknowledge it and to actually take note Listen to me psychoanalyzing. I know. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Now we're actually piggybacking on our last episode. Yeah. Yeah. The needy episode. Mm -hmm. Check it out if you haven't already. Yeah. Where we unpack all these different scenarios and learning that it's okay to walk away sometimes. And I just didn't learn that as a child who's had somebody walk away from them too many times. Mm -hmm. Okay. This makes sense. Uh, Wow. That is probably where that comes from. Good people stay. Yeah. Few and far between. Good people. Good people. That's what I believed. Good people stay. And I want to be that person for somebody else. Right. Even if they're telling you straight to your face, no, 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 I won't do that anymore. Yeah. Right. So you learned something big time going back to the intensity of your voice. voice. So then, okay. So the character of you should never change. That's amazing about you. That's what I love about you. So then maybe it's how you're delivering it. Maybe it's just a matter of adjusting tone. I, I am realizing that now <laughs> that I have to change my intensity, my, yeah. Especially the fact that it's literally, you're just hearing us. You don't know what, you don't see us. You don't, we're smiling, we're talking. Leslie is intense, but she's still. Yeah. To hear us for the first time. There's definitely some episodes where it's like, oh my gosh, sorry, Michelle. <laughs> we're never going to get that person back again. <laughs> oh dear. Click. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, whoa, who's that too much? Yeah, too so much. So then again, this is the cool thing about this. We're learning this on here. Yeah. You learn a lot. So you... then to move forward, you have the option to say, I don't want to do this anymore because I got some work to do right now. I'm just really in that mode of, you know, trying to really figure out how I can live exactly like the four agreements. I'm going to post that on my, everywhere I look when I go into my bathroom, into my kitchen, into my, I need to remind myself of that because mm-hmm. I want to live that way. I don't want to live worried about what other people think. I want to live that. I love my voice that mm-hmm. I love who I am, Yeah. that I know my, what my intentions are. And if it is something that I'm not doing in a way that's healthy to others, mm-hmm. I would hope that I would be able to look at it and reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Because yes, definitely sometimes it takes two to tango for sure. I think this also comes back to being able to just love this idea of love, love self, love others, mm-hmm. open arms. And that doesn't mean being walked on. That doesn't mean being yeah. the doormat. That means just, you're just going to love anyways. And if it comes back, great. Mm-hmm. You've won something. And if it's negative, you walk away with a smile, with a, I wish you well. Yep. Yeah. And be okay it's with that. It's not personal. Yeah. I'm not assuming anything of you. You're, I am love. I am love. Ooh. Okay. That would be lovely. It would be so great. I know people who appear to have this figured out. They mm-hmm. just seem so lovely and so at peace. Yeah. 
ultimately that is where I'd love to be. Right. I'm still got way too much fire in me. Maybe that will, I keep thinking it's going to temper down, but right. and it has actually. Okay. I think from university, yeah. I would say people who knew me in university would be like, Oh, okay. wow, she's yeah, calmer she's than calm. I remember. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't see what would be interesting is mm-hmm. talking to somebody who knows us really, really well now in our lives, right? Have somebody from say 30 years ago okay. and then have those two people compare the Michelle, the Leslie from back then to right now. Yeah. Hmm. That would be a really cool experiment because I think you would find that together they would probably hone in on some core characteristics that didn't change. Right. And then that would be true. Your true self. That would be an objective, get rid of the age, get rid of the time, get rid of the blah, 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 history, History, whatever the environment, the situation, there would be some core things. We need to get some uh, science data on this. We need a neuroscientist out there who wants to uh, divulge with us. Sociologist. Sociologist. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be fascinating. So what did you learn today, Michelle? First of all, I learned that it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay. Now, when you say okay. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. What does that mean? Again, being comfortable with who you are. I think that's the thing. Yeah. Knowing who you are, knowing who you allow. Like your per- your deep yeah. down morals and values, knowing who you are. Well, uh, obviously being your true authentic self. But if we are all our true authentic self, but we're not. No, you can't be. Can you? I think for the most part, but again, that goes back to picking and choosing who you want to share that with. Yeah. Okay. That's what I mean. You, you're not the same. Cause, but I'm talking, I'm not talking the riffraff out there who okay. I don't need to give my energy to anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm talking my core peeps mm-hmm. from here on. I want my core peeps with me. And for them, I want to be my absolute, for myself, I want to be my authentic self, trying to figure out who I actually am. And then we're going to eventually talk about this later with dating, right? Mm -hmm. Because I haven't been with another human being that way in a relationship for a long time, learning who I am, what person, who I want to put out into the world, my true authentic self, not to be someone else or not to fill this. I'm supposed to tick these boxes of who I'm supposed to be, blah, blah, blah. None of that. I don't want to do that anymore. I've done that for a very long time, but now trying to figure out how I fit with others. Does this come back though to what purpose? I I am designed for a purpose. I believe that I'm designed for a purpose. Yes. And everything that has led me to this place is because of what my final purpose is. I believe everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. So do I. So when I look back at who I am, then part of me has to believe that a lot of who I am has gotten me here. I've had to be this person. Right. Yes. I'm over it. I want to have more now. Yeah. We, this will be a whole episode. Right. So yes, everything has absolutely brought me to this point. I've gone through all of the stuff I've gone through to get to here. I've learned a lot. Absolutely. But now take me to the next level. Bring someone into my world that I can now show all the things that I've learned. Yeah. I can now actually physically do them instead of talking about them all the time. Yeah. I want to do now. That's exciting. And I want to do me, regardless if someone thinks I'm flighty, someone thinks I'm too nice, or someone thinks I'm too involved, or someone thinks I'm not whatever it is. I want to just be me and figuring that out. And it's lovely, but I want to do it for real now. I want to put it to the test. I don't want to just talk about 
Well, and wouldn't it be easier once you find the healthy you yeah, and you're comfortable and you've got a group of people who love you and care for you and support you and yeah, and you get to just relax and lean into you. Yeah. And trust it and trust that. Yeah. That's enough. Yes. That I am enough regardless of what anybody else thinks, whether I'm not or too much or whatever. Too bad. So sad. So back to then the learning part is mm-hmm. that this is what I think. I continually come back to this is having a a group of people around you who do love you and support you and believe in you and trust you and know your intense tensions and assume the best of you. Yeah. Whether it's a group or just one or two. I mean, yeah, is good when it's at least a couple of people that you can bounce ideas off of and that are Mm -hmm. a mirror for you to believe in yourself. Fabulous. Yeah. I think is really essential Yes. And I mean, we wouldn't be having these conversations if I didn't have you as that person. We wouldn't be, this wouldn't be an exploration if I didn't have you, for example, or some other core good friends in my world. When you are, have this negative self-talk. Takes me out of the comfort zone. That's the thing. When I get caught in my negative space, when I don't trust my instincts, when I am afraid, all of those things. But even when you're questioning this perception that others are thinking of you, if you weren't able to talk that out, That's a spiral that yeah, it'd be really hard to get out of sometimes because if it's constant, that's how I think you get caught in the believing lies about yourself, right? Is because you get caught in your own head. We're meant to be together in community. We are hundred percent designed for community. Yeah. And that's such a great lesson that I've learned over the last few years because I didn't actually believe that again, upbringing, my family was it. That was it. That was it. There was no outside really. It was minimal. Yeah. So now, and I love my family. Let me just say my very close to my mama and, but not everybody has that. Right. I didn't right. Have exactly. that. So I'm right. just saying you're, it is possible to have family members that will help you believe your lies. Totally. And yes, that is very true as well. I have learned that as well. Family does not mean <laughs> and again, a safe place. Yes. We have to design that for ourselves. Absolutely. And have the courage to do so and then have the courage to trust it. And sustain it. And sustain it. Put in the time and energy to keep those people. Absolutely. It's worth it. It's worth You're it. worth it. Good conversation. <laughs> Holy. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. I hope you followed along the trail. Yeah, the rabbit hole. <laughs> the numerous rabbit holes that we went down there. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We look forward to chatting Soon. with you again. Peace out. Peace out. Thanks for making time to be with us. This is Life Consciously Uncurated. We hope that our stories inspire you to live a life that you want to live just as you are. Until next time.